Back a few decades ago, a psychology department put on an experiment. They gathered college students who had signed up for this particular experiment, and they assigned them to two groups. One group was, were the inmates. The other group were the guards. And they just sort of let things play out. They didn't, they didn't necessarily give them a lot of direction about how they were supposed to act or what they were supposed to do, in a sense. But, you know, inmates can only go certain places, guards go certain places, and of course, guards were in charge. Very quickly, within, within a matter of not even two or three days of being in this experiment, things devolved very quickly. Even though they were from the same college and had all been together and were roughly of the same age and probably similar economic backgrounds, the guards' behavior to the inmates became they were very degrading to the inmates. They treated them quite horribly, talking about them in different ways. And of course, the inmates then began acting out of that, the way that they were treated. They had to stop the experiment because they realized it was too psychologically stressful, especially on the inmates. And they were afraid that bad things were going to happen. They just assigned them randomly. They didn't separate them by eye color, hair color, height, weight, color of skin, anything. They just gave them labels and roles. We're a very tribal kind of, you know, species. I mean, it's a survival technique, right? We were, we were made, I mean, the beautiful part of it is we were made for relationship. We were made for community. And one of the things that we, we talk about now is how we believe that, that in the advent of social media, and especially with the pandemic, when people were forced to be separate from one another, what did we see happen? We saw a lot more mental health crisis. The amount of drug overdoses nationwide went up, I believe, 40% in 2020. Now, just think about that. We didn't have the pandemic really happening in the United States until March, so just kick off the first third of the year, but it doubled in 2020. It went up 16% more in 2021, drug overdoses. We see that as a key indicator of a mental health problem. People are disconnected from community, and so they need something to take care of themselves. We're a very tribal people. We were made for relationship. But oftentimes, we take that tribalness and we, and we turn it into inmates and guards. We make this group of people bad and my group of people good. This hasn't happened in America recently at all, has it? I mean, we can cast dispersion on every side of whatever aisle you want to, whatever line you want to draw. In the realm of politics, we call it identity politics. If I can get you to identify with me and my cause, and I can get you then to denigrate that other 
person and their cause, boy, I've got something. I'm going to get your money and your time and your voice. If I can get you to identify with me. It doesn't matter what my ideology is necessarily. We're very tribal. In this scripture reading, we hear about what's going on theologically, in a sense, with, with the tribe of these new followers of the way, Peter being, in, in a sense, the, the primary, one of the main leaders of this new, this new community called the way, the, the ones who have followed Jesus and who, had, who believed they'd received the Holy Spirit and, and, were, and were sharing that message with people. But there was already conflict within the community because almost all of those first believers were Jewish men and women. And of course, you biblical scholars know what marked you as a Jewish man was that you, at a very young age, were circumcised. So that's why they say those, those of the circumcision party, in a sense. Because that's what they were called. There was the circumcision party and the uncircumcision party later. People who wanted new believers, new male believers to be circumcised if they were going to follow Jesus in the way and those who did not. So they were already having this debate. The tribes were already beginning to line up. I mean, a new tribe had already started, right? The people of the way. And so Peter... Peter's in Joppa, and now Joppa, who knows, who knows anything about Joppa? Nobody? Good. All right. So Joppa is, is the seaport for Jerusalem, still is to this day. It's now, we would consider it a suburb of Tel Aviv now. Tel Aviv is like the, it, it's, it's, it's like the business city of Israel, really, and that's how we think of it. But, so it's the port for Jerusalem. And so just think about any port city you've ever been to. What have, you ever, what have you ever noticed about port cities that are different from other cities? Diversity, right? They're very cosmopolitan. Lots of people coming from different places because, because you know, you're trading. Your, your goods are coming in, things are going out, all this sort of thing. So you have, you have all these different people from all these different places. So, so Peter's in Joppa where there's all these, all these different people are there. So it's not, just, it's not just Jewish folks. There's all these different people there. Tabitha is probably the most famous believer that, that comes out of Joppa in the Bible. Peter raises her from the dead. It's a really awesome story. And, and she becomes a real leader in that Christian community that's in Joppa. But he's there and he has this vision this thing comes down like a sheet, almost like a tablecloth, I would say, by the four corners. So we probably think that's the, you know, the four directions. Or it could be the four elements, and there are all kinds of things that that could mean. But it's basically saying everything is here. It comes down and he sees all of the animals and all of the things that could be eaten, including ones that what Jewish people would have considered unclean. Because if you remember, and to this day, there are still dietary restrictions for faithful Jewish people. You can eat certain things, and you can eat certain things, and they're supposed to be slaughtered in a certain way and handled in a certain way and aren't supposed to touch this or touch that. I mean, in many faithful Jewish households, they still have two kitchens. And so this is a, this is a big deal because, why? Not because they're just saying, 
we're better than you, we're, we're this tribe or whatever. I mean, this is what had come through in the Old Testament about how they separated themselves. This is how you show faithfulness is by honoring and following these guidelines. These are the rules, people. This is how you show you're my covenant people. This is really part of their identity. But what Peter sees in this vision is that God says, or the, the voice in the vision says, Peter, go kill and eat. All of this is available to you. And Peter's like, what? What? I've never, I've never eaten anything profane. He's a faithful, was raised in a faithful Jewish household. He's a faithful Jewish man. And the voice says, what I have made clean, do not call it unclean. This happens three times, which is significant, right? Repetition in the Bible means pay attention. And so then immediately these people come and say, hey, come, you know, I believe it was Cornelius' house, who's a Gentile. And Cornelius had had a vision with the angel, said, hey, send to him because this, he's got a message for you that your whole household will be saved. I mean, Jews were not supposed to associate with them. They weren't even supposed to walk near them on the road. Just to be in their presence was to, was to somehow be tainted and be, to become unclean. It was, it was very, I mean, there are a lot of rules and prescriptives here. And so Peter, fresh off of this vision, is like, okay. And then Peter sees that the Holy Spirit is at work. That's the big one here. Is that the... The Spirit is moving and working and Peter sees it happen among these people and he says, that's exactly what happened to us. What is keeping them from being with us and following Jesus? I mean, this doesn't sound like a big deal to us, right? Like, because if, if you've grown up in the church, like we've heard this sort of story you know, we, we hear Paul's words about, you know, there's no Jew or Greek, there's no slave or free, there's no male or female, and we just sort of pass over it because we're all one in Christ. Like, it's just, it's beautiful language, but here's the thing about it that's underneath and through it all is that God, as the United Church of Christ, the tagline says, is still speaking. God didn't stop speaking whenever we decided that the Bible was done being filled up with words. That's why in the Presbyterian Church, we have confessions. We believe God is still speaking, and those confessions are trying to be faithful expositions of the faith for our time. What is God speaking about now? So when we had apartheid in South Africa, a confession, the confession of Belhar came out of that. When when the Nazis were doing all their nasty stuff over in Germany, we had a confession that came out of that from the Lutheran church that we adopted. God is still speaking. God is still talking to us. God is still moving. And I know that human beings in our tribalness hate change. We do not like it when things move around. But in the generation that I've been here as your pastor, think about the change that we have initiated with God's help just in this congregation. You're sitting in it as part of one of it. 
And there were many of us who wondered, well, what is this going to feel like? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? Is it going to be helpful? And now we would say, my gosh, why didn't we do this earlier? It took the Spirit moving for us also to move. And I believe in our time, the Spirit is speaking to us. The Spirit is speaking to us about who's in and who's out. Because I don't think that the Christian gospel is about drawing lines about who's in and who's out. I think it's about expanding circles. Where is God leading us now? Who is God inviting now that's changing our convention, changing our thinking, changing our traditions, that's shifting us? And we don't do this just willy-nilly. We don't do it just because it's the latest trend or this or that. I mean, we study, we study the written word of God. We listen for the Holy Spirit. We listen to each other because we were made for community. We have these conversations. And then we interact with people who are different than us. We hear their stories and we hear what God might be doing with them and we hear what is life-giving for them that maybe may have seemed very foreign to us and we go, wow, maybe the Spirit is speaking. One of the hot topics of, of debate in, amongst a lot of us that are of, of a certain age is the word they. I don't know if you have trouble looking at someone and saying they. Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. If you're under a certain age, that's not a problem. You just flip the switch. It's an interesting thing. There's a, conventions are being challenged and changed. I was very challenged the other day when I was, when I was having a, a podcast conversation with a new friend of mine, and she said, why shouldn't children be able to choose their name and I thought I'd never thought of that before now I don't know whether the Holy Spirit is moving in that direction or not but but for us to be open to expanding circles does not mean we again we just go with whatever trend there is we but we look at how does God want us to love people in this time and this place? And so here amongst our community, we have been ones where we, where we have been very open-handed. We've been very welcoming. We've really said, if you are on a journey of faith, we welcome you here. Come and hear the word of God. Come hear about Jesus. Come hear about this one who loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Come hear about how following him might just change your life, might show you a new way of living, a new way of hoping, a new way of being. Come and find a place among us and together, let's discover where the Holy Spirit is speaking now. I've always said to you that the path of faith is not an easy one. It's made by us walking it and we're following the one who is ahead of us. 
And so perhaps maybe you are feeling a little like Peter, a little out of sorts, or maybe you feel like the circumcision party. You're feeling a little bit like, what is going on here? It's good to ask the question. Because God is still talking, the Holy Spirit is still moving, and we are being invited to expand the circles of faith. Because God has already done it. Amen.